Hello, friend. Welcome, everyone, to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Mr. Robot Season 4, Episode 4. It's called 404, Not Found. Probably the most famous of the, uh, the, the error messages. The error codes, yeah. yeah. Um, we've all, we're all familiar. In fact, it makes me think all the way back to Season 1, Episode, I think it was 4, Season 1, actually, uh, the Dream Episode, uh, where he actually finds a 404 sign uh, where his house mm. is supposed to be. But, yeah, so this episode has uh, gotten quite the reaction online for being weird. Um, I don't think it was any weirder than some of the other episodes we've had. I've, I've seen a reaction online for, for it being a bit weirder. Um, it does it does lean a certain way that's, you know, not like most episodes. But um, I, I think there's, there's, there's gems to be found in here. And I think... Um, there's a very strong theme which I think is important to the overall themes of this season and the overall themes of the show, uh, especially in regards to White Rose. So, mm. um, well, we'll be diving in. We'll be diving in. Uh, Cara wasn't here last week, obviously. I mean, in about 30 seconds. Uh, did you like last week's episode? Uh, yes. Sorry, I watched them both back to back, so I'm trying. I'm having a little bit of trouble distinguishing which was which exactly off the top of my head it'll be fine as we go through it because you've got your notes you'll talk you know oh it's this scene and i'll i'll know the scene but they kind of blurred in my in my head at the moment that surprises me because they're very distinct episodes they are they are but i literally sat down and watched them just straight through uh about you know 10 hours ago now all right all right we shall get going. We shall start um, with um, the van because obviously the last episode ended uh, with um, the the listening and you know the camera goes out and the van's there and you know someone presumably from the dark army is listening on them. Although last week I wasn't necessarily convinced it was the dark army. I was uh, speculating there could be a number, maybe possibilities. Uh, Makes sense because because it was speculation on their part. You know, Elliot kind of jumped to that conclusion. He was very uh, convinced immediately, wasn't he? Yeah, and it doesn't seem like he was right, but I mean, I think there was a possibility. But um, we actually just hear the other side of this from the van's perspective. You know what I mean? The guy in the van. Uh, we hear the audio being recorded. We hear Tyrell say, "Oh, we can finally take down White Rose." And you know, what's interesting though is the yeah, conversation. The conversation goes further, and we hear kind of them bluffing. It's like, "Oh, I was trying to install something. Oh, the, the hard drive was full. Oh, I'll try." And it's just it's just babble whilst they're doing something. While Elliot's doing something, eventually he sends like a some feedback loop or whatever to, to the guy sitting in the van. Um, they're, just, cuts out, yeah. they're just sort of killing time and try to like distract him. Uh, so obviously when the guy opens the, the, the van door, Tyrell hits him with a hammer. Uh, square in the head. Um, interestingly, I noted down the audio software he was using to record this uh, this surveillance was at Audacity. <laughs> I recognized yep. the software, which I thought was funny. Um, not that it's something that we use often, um, I, I, I typically just use it to convert the audio files I get out of the editing software into MP3s for the audio feeds, but... Um... As a, as an audio nerd, uh, you know, someone who's, who's done a lot of this, I see I do this in a lot of TV shows and movies. I'll spot, oh, they're using that software. It'll just be on the screen in the background most of the time, and I'll find myself going, oh, okay. I, I notice video software a lot, um, typically, because there's only really three or four ed video editing software packages that people you know use to so, be honest in terms of the the, the music ones there's only three or four good ones that people use really anyway 
yeah but audacity is a funny one to me because it's a free thing that you can everyone just like it's, it's, it tends to be the thing that people just grab and use because it's there it's, it's reliable and, and, and it's it free. works <laughs> yeah uh so just it just it gave me a chuckle uh so yeah uh so interestingly here there's a transition to the next scene you know we get the title screen coming up you know obviously it's like, okay we have to like try and like scrub the van uh, delete the drives hope that he didn't send out the you know you know hopefully it wasn't being broadcast back to the dark army live you know maybe there's this is something they've intervened they've intercepted mm. um and the guy does look he's dead you know even especially when he's watching the second time he's like breathing at first and he kind of stops like, it does genuinely look like he stuck he dies at you know as yeah, tyrell's definitely. looking at him um, which is important for later. So the, the camera goes up, and they're going to go and deal with the van or whatever. And the camera goes up. We have we have this sort of almost Christmassy kind of dark, not super dark yet though, because there's a really dark Christmas jingle later. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's getting more Christmassy as it goes on in terms of the music. Well, it's still Christmas Eve at this point. Obviously, by the time we ended the episode, it's after midnight, so we're in Christmas. But the camera goes up to the sky. Uh, the title comes up, you know, Mr. Robot, blah, blah, and it comes back down onto another street. So, it, it, interesting here, again, from the theme of the episode, uh, we go from street to street. And in this case, it's Darlene who's here and she's making a phone call. So, I'm going to kind of present my thesis for this episode at this point, because I'm going to have to talk about this as I go with okay. all the scenes. And it was becoming... Now, I saw someone mention something uh, about this theme online. My second viewing of this, I was really kind of, like, paying attention for it, but it all kind of clicked together. Um, this episode is about alternate timelines or alternate realities. And not literally. I'm not saying there's literally alternate realities. <laughs> I don't think I'm going down no, the deep, no, okay. deep end. Um, We're not going down there yet. Everything that happens in this episode happens twice with different versions. Everything. Um... There's this transition here, we go down to another street here, but we have the driver being dead and not dead. We have the van being outside and not being outside. They come in and talk to the woman at the, the, in the gas station uh, twice and have yeah. different conversations. Um, we have getting lost, but there's talks there's, of forks in the path. There's, there's literally. Two cars. There's two cars. There's literally two versions of realities, and, and you know, in a, not, not in a literal sense, but for a long time in the episode, we believe that this Santa Tobias has one story. And then it turns out, no, his story is completely a different thing. It's two alternate paths. This this might make me like Dom's stuff a little bit more. Dom's stuff, it's, it's two things. It's, you know, about a chunk of it turns out to be a dream, but there, there was two things. We believed it was one thing, and it turns out, no, it's another thing. Um, yeah. uh, it runs throughout the entire thing, every single thing. I was noticing just doubles and twos and two alternates the entire time. And it's got me convinced. <laughs> Put my pad down. Make a statement here. White Rose. It's not about traveling back in time. It's about finding a version of reality where her boyfriend is still alive. Stands to reason. I think, I think we've spoken a lot about how duality has been a big theme of the show in general. You know, oh, sure. Elliot and Mr. Robot, uh, White Rose and Zhang, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Even down to the fact that Dom pretends to be someone different online, the idea that uh, Elliot has Mr. Robot, the idea that um, even Tyrell in this episode pretends to be someone else for a brief moment. Uh, yeah. this, the, you know, all these different Duality's things. Duality has been a big theme across the whole show uh so i mean it makes sense if that's kind of the point 
but this episode i think repeatedly does this it does here's the one version of this moment or scene or what we believe this character to be and then here's the opposite and i'm not saying there's literally alternate realities going on there although the ending certainly raises some questions we'll uh, we'll get there when we get there but I, i'm presenting this now because i feel like as i'm going through this i'm going to have to constantly say this is where like one version is and then a flip happens or here's yeah. where this theme comes back up again so we should continue on but the character comes back down to darlene and she's in the and again here she leaves one phone message and, and she changes her mind yeah. and but not only that there's there's a couple of really harsh cuts here there's a harsh cut in the music because the music that's playing as the camera comes down just cuts off as soon as she starts talking it just it's a yeah. harsh cut um very abrupt and then at the end of her like rant on the phone when she's leaving this message she's like f you i hope you kill yourself all that's all that stuff like she's she's very very extreme very upset and it's a harsh cut to her just sitting there on the pavement. And again, just the filming style, when she's walking around, pacing around on the street, making this really harsh phone call, uh, the camera, she's constantly moving, but the camera's also constantly moving. It's, you know, it's, it's following her, but it's not all, it's also not just keeping in time with her. It's kind of rocking back and forth. It's going up and down a lot, but it's very, a lot of movement in it. And then it cuts to her sitting on the, on the pavement and she's just sitting there still for the second. And we get, obviously we don't get to hear this, this version of it. We just, we, we see her start to make the call. We but we know it. there is a second version. Yes. And she seems to be calm. Everything about her body language, the camera moving, everything, everything's telling us this is a calm take It, it doesn't sound like she's going to explode again. So she had, she literally, and obviously this is just a real world thing, but she literally did one thing and then chose to go back and erase it and do it again, do a better version um so again really setting up the theme of the episode uh and it's something that happens throughout um so yeah um then we go to dom and again interesting transition here where it cuts from darlene to darlene because darlene uh footage of her her interrogation is on dom's laptop and dom is masturbating whilst watching this footage so wells dom does have a lot of pent up feelings about darlene clearly there's still a raw attraction that she's mm. not been able to kind of very inappropriate as well overcome inappropriate i mean yeah you, you interrogation footage from work <sighs> yeah no it i is. mean come on I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's weird though because it's like is it, assuming she is she's allowed to have that footage on her private laptop, right, and take home. At that point, it's like, well, whatever she does with that at home, eh, I mean, her business. That, sure. that this only feels weird because we're getting to see it. I don't know. I think it's still weird if anyone did that, even <laughs> if I wasn't seeing it. I think that's just it's just a bit weird. Connor, by being on the internet, you're accepting that some weirdo out there might be masturbating watching you speak right now. You just have to accept it. And I know, sure. how, I know but, some of you are doing but, it, right? I know. Well, I, I know you're doing it at home. You, right, you, you say all this. Right, right. You, at home right now, you holding your penis or flipping your bird, whatever one of you is doing. <laughs> I know you're doing it. Do, do you know the key distinction here yes. between what you've just said and what I'm saying is I, I am voluntarily on the internet here. Uh, sure, sure. Darlene is just being filmed in, a, in an interrogation room. She hasn't got any choice in that. That is that is fair. That is fair. Um, but she is all just basically just sitting there, <laughs> mumbling to herself. It's not. Well, yeah. It's it's not like a snuff film or like a, a pervy hidden camera. She, 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 not, she, no. she, she does know she's being filmed, right? She knows she's been under surveillance she, she, at that point. She does, but it's not by choice, really, is it? Um, I, I, I well, I guess like. Is it any different, I suppose, to someone using like a, a paparazzi photograph for for spank bank material? A little. 
you know in 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 the sense that those are you know uh, argue about the morality all you want but they they are published people can see them you know anyone can just see them online or sure. in whatever magazine they're in this is okay th- th- this is i'm going to take this from work and use this for myself <laughs> it's it's just a, it's just an extra level of weird i guess i guess i just kind of fall under uh, no harm no foul like she's never going to know right <laughs> like this is maybe she won't but it's, yeah. it's so weird it's like you really shouldn't have a fantasy about your teacher, for example. But what you're thinking about when you're knocking one out is really your business, and no one's ever going to know. I mean, sure, but you're you're probably not watching a video of your teacher, are you? <laughs> well, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, but I mean, she does know she was filmed, which I think I think for me is a key sure. difference here. It's not sure. like it's some like you know camera behind the corner like spying right, no, no, on her. I'll, I'll give you that. It could have been worse. <laughs> I can't believe we went into the morality of Dom knocking one out to some security footage. It's like the the least important thing in anything of this episode. I know, I know. Um, what's interesting about this though is that it actually does a uh, harking back. If you remember Dom's introduction back in season two, one of the first scenes she had, either in the first or second episode, she was masturbating and she was she was using like Alexa. Yeah. To help her, uh, so there's, there's actually kind of a nice little character callback here. Sure. Uh, yeah, with that. Um. So, yes. Uh, so she kind of gives up though. She's it's not it's not she's not feeling it. Uh, for lack of a better phrase, uh, and she opens up her, her laptop and she she goes to some chat rooms and she goes to a sex chat room, and she starts talking to someone who's clearly spoken to her before on here. Uh, Happy hard on Henry eight oh six. The name may not be important, but I know it did down just in well, case. I, it was important in the sense that okay, this is immediately clear. It's a guy. Oh sh- well, I mean. I don't think the name's that important when the first thing he says is, you still like thick dick? Okay, sure, but even before <laughs> that pops up, you, uh, you know, you see the name and go, hang on, this is a guy. I think the thick dick got it across. So I mean, it, just... it, did, it did afterwards. I'm just saying I was already there. <laughs> oh, but again, this idea that she's leading a double life, uh, she's pretending to be a straight person uh, on, on yeah. this chat room, for whatever reason, like, does she get a kick out of uh, maybe it's just because there's a lot of guys on there, it's easier to find some horny guy to, like, talk dirty, because... I think it probably just goes yeah. back to... You mentioned the one of her earlier scenes with the Alexa, and I remember distinctly talking about the her loneliness. Yeah. Uh, it probably just comes back down to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, it's this double life, it's this two versions of herself, which obviously ties into Elliot, ties into everything. Um, and it makes me interested, actually, because we're talking about the possibility of this third personality, right? is this idea that, like, there's always been two choices, and even later in this episode, uh, Elliot and Tyrell are told there's, there's a fork in the road, make sure you go left at the fork, at the at the creek, or whatever it is. Yeah. And I can't help but feel that the third option, this, like, mystery third option is kind of like, is this how you get out of the, the no-win situation? Is this how you get out of whatever we're going to be in, mm. right? It, it, it's one of those things where... It kind of blows the rules of the show out of the wall. We obviously spoke about that. And the the, the yeah. idea of oh, hang on, introducing a third thing is game changing already. But in the context of the du- duality being the theme of the show, uh, it really throws a wrench in in just how the the end game is perceived. Yeah, but it makes a lot of sense though that if the whole show's been a bit jolly, the idea that the ending might be hey, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have it's, to be it's just not a, a and binary B. choice. Yeah. yeah. There's more to it than that, and hell, even using yeah. that word binary, like we're, you know, he's a hacker. We've been talking about computers like for seasons yeah. here. Um, good word, just so. Yeah, so uh, we come from there. Um, 
to Darlene, uh, who's in Elliot's apartment. She says she was going to go there, and she just sees the note saying they're listening. That makes her worried. She looks up her phone up because we established before in episode two that she she'd connected uh, you know an app or whatever on their phone so they could find each other, and she wants to get there. Uh, so I feel like this app is going to come back to really you know kick them up the ass because. So if the wrong person oh, gets pulled into that. Yeah, possibly. Um, but nice transition. there's a lot of transitions in this episode uh, that really stuck out to me because here it fades yeah. from looking at the map on the, the phone, the GPS, to the actual like location on the road, like the, the gas yeah. station uh, with the fork. Um, again, very sort of bird's eye kind of view. So they're at the station. Uh, they're just, you know, Tyrell's getting gas and he's like, yeah, we're, going to, we're basically going to burn the van and the, the body and whatever. You know, go go pay for the gas and get later. That's the problem. Yeah, um, but they go in and very typical pair of shots here. One looking at the lady, the cashier, and one looking at them. Uh, who you know, I think Elliot's up front and all two are sort of out of focus, but they kind of switch around as need be because Tyrell needs to pay because he's the only one with cash and because the internet's down. Because the internet's down, which also affects the phone lines and everything here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't affect my internet or my my phone rather if the internet went down. But I can totally buy that there's certain areas now that probably do. Oh no, I, I agree. Yeah. It, it wasn't like I'm doubting the plausibility of this. It just it never, it never even occurred to me as a possibility because everywhere I am familiar with, uh, the the phone lines in there are just separate now. Yeah, well, I I guess um, well, I I almost see it though as it's it's not so much that everywhere else is separate now it's that separate is the default but i totally buy that some rural communities because they mentioned this is the middle of nowhere that it's not so much that it's reverted back to what it used to be it's actually kind of the opposite it stopped being relying on the phone lines and now they use the internet which is not the phone lines anymore as a as a source to use the, the communication you know it's like a yeah, possibly bypass because maybe maybe the weather here made it too difficult to maintain the phone line so this was like an easy way out for the area or something like that like could have been yeah i, I could totally buy it. it's the same way that a lot of people don't even use like internet doesn't affect your tv like cable or satellite broadcast but so many people now have given up that and just used the internet so yeah now, you know i think it's the same thing as that like some areas may just use yeah, possibly. I, I, I don't know well enough. Um, that was, that was that's what I got from it anyway. Uh, uh, and even in 2015, much as I said, that still sounds quite plausible. Sure, yeah. Um, so they go outside, though. Uh, well, actually, first of all, the lady recognizes Tyrell, but doesn't quite place him. She's like, oh, you look familiar. You, yes. you... And, and he pretends to be... He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I was on Big Brother. But yeah. again, two personalities. Pretending to be someone, yeah. Um, also... Um, just you know, there's this frustration because she keeps like sort of like clinging to her. I recognize you, rather than just ringing them up and like getting on with it and you know mm. letting them leave. Elliot's getting frustrated. Yeah, uh, the guy who said when the van's gone. So this idea we assumed he was dead, and you know I think Elliot even says like, "Where did you move the van?" Like, I didn't move the van, and it really brings out a question kind of the logistics of the last few minutes because when it when Tyrell said to them, "Go inside and pay for the gas," and that when we cut inside, Tyrell's just with them, so. And it doesn't. It didn't feel that weird to me at the time, but you know, then they come out just and the van's he, gone. Yeah, you just figured yeah. he followed him in at some point, right? Yeah, uh, but there's just a weird kind of disjointed feeling. Uh, honestly, this whole episode has kind of a weird. No, I wouldn't say dreamlike, but there's kind of a weird tone to it. Okay, sure. I, so, I don't, you know, um, I don't I like think... what you say ominous. That's not quite the right word, but there's like a. I don't know. It's a bit <laughs> off killer. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was I was noticing. I think it was probably in the la- in the previous episode that they're, they're playing it, even by the, you know this show standards, fast and loose with 
the independence of Mr. Robot and Elliot. Oh, we'll get um, to that later. I've got a big example later, but... Okay, um, I'll, I'll, I'll wait then and we'll because discuss it there. for the most part, it's been kind of um, explainable. There's always been that thing where if both of them are doing something... Because last episode, they were both searching the apartment in different places and they were both finding and, things. And, and we've seen that in the past and I've kind of just gone, well, we're, we're not yeah, quite I, seeing I, the time, I, right? As it yeah, I, it was I, when I, they were doing the laptops so separately that it was a bit odd in that episode that was the uh an extreme case of yeah that I I, yeah i'm okay with that because i feel like again it's, it's this is all just him anyway no one else is here you can kind of explain that with whatever i mean thematically there may be a point to show it being more separate but i, I don't think there's any problems with that um although did you see his tweet uh Esmail's tweet regarding this scene that scene where they were i, I did not know no i mentioned this in the last week's review but i'll repeat I, it again. I, I i had to avoid anything knowing i wasn't going to watch that yes. episode for like a week i was just anything that that looked anything mr robot he was just scrolled immediately past so some guy named evan tweeted at sam esmail saying well sam's a dumb name too and esmail just quote tweeted that saying classic evan (laughs) um just a little side note that's that's even funnier right now because if you follow british politics classic dom is a big thing right now um so it has all these extra connotations for the at the minute. Very good. Um, so yeah, but okay. So the idea that the van's there, it's not there again. Yeah. Two alternate realities, kind of thing. Uh, uh, so then we're actually with Darlene. Uh, there's a lot more cutting back and forth in this episode. I noticed they really made the point of cutting through this because normally Mister Robot likes to have big long scenes that are kind of uninterrupted and big long chunks. This episode was a lot more back and forth between the three it plots. Was, yeah, uh, I was noticing that as I was watching it as well. Darlene um, is hacking into a car. She's sort of you know she's hooked up the, the the lock and she's she's in she's like hacking in because you know cars have smart or smart cars exist now and blah 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 yeah uh, and she's attacking in and then someone kind of like because hey what are you doing like someone's like spotting her and it uh, seems like it's his car and it's again a santa suit who we find out it was called uh tobias very, very drunk man, very drunk yes um i actually i i love this actor i think his delivery of every line was perfect yeah, I feel like I know him from something, but I forgot to look him up. Yes, uh, it was hard to tell because obviously you can only see the the center of his face because he's got yeah, the, yeah. the hat and the beard. Yeah, his voice and... though, uh, yeah. very familiar sounding. Um, he, yeah, everything he said. Like, uh, see, as soon as he, he sauntered in, I already got what this was going to be. To not to a point, like I, I didn't predict like what, what exactly it was going to do, but I already got as soon as he walked in, I'm going to be. Like, this is going to be an emotional sort of like thing for darlene like by the end of the whatever wherever we end with this plot with him she's going to have kind of like got in touch with her feelings by the end like i just got this was going to be some sort of sure. christmas like he's going to reveal things or, or about herself yeah or... and she gets the 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 super christmasy theme in this episode yeah um i guess but later on he even brings up about some wonderful life it very much feels like this is you know he's not a guardian angel but there's kind of a feeling of you know yeah no, that, that. that kind of thing um so we have that and basically he is like where's my is it because at first she's like you have to call the cops you caught me i'm leaving i'm no harm no foul and he's like no 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 no, no. i've got questions and she's like "Uh uh-huh it's like have you found my keys and she's like no actually that was my only question um so actually no i've got a second question can can you start my car and she's like, are you serious? You can't drive like this. You're wrecked. <laughs> what are you doing? And then Darlene gets the idea. Although there was one line uh, that stuck out to me uh, where he says, um, 
uh, cabs won't go where I'm going. And she cracks a joke about the North Pole, but again, I, I kind of like, if we're talking about parallel realities and parallel timelines, I don't know. Um, it almost makes me think of Back to the Future uh, when Marty asked him in the first first movie, he said, you know, and Doc's explaining the 80 miles per hour thing, and he's like, oh, you know, or even at the end when he says, you know, where we're going, we don't need roads, or, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. It reminds me of those things. But... Um, yeah, so basically she suggests, hey, how about I drive you home and then uh, I'll after borrow your car I'll borrow your bit. car briefly since we're friends. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I like that. Let's go! <laughs> On the road. So that sets up kind of her main part of the plot of this episode because she's, she's trying to get to Elliot, basically, but she has to do this first. Yeah. And that's kind of her set off on her way. She has to go on a quest before she can, you know, yes. just get to Elliot. That's how, that's how these things work. Especially in and we cut back to the gas station, and the shots are the same as before. It's the exact same shot as the cashier. It's the exact same shot looking at the other three. And they're asking for, like, oh, like, where's the nearest town? Where can we get to? She's like, oh, well, you can't you can't really walk unless you go through the shortcut. And I'm and immediately I'm thinking, well, yeah, tell us what the shortcut is. <laughs> like, what's, yeah. It's like, hey, but my husband's going to be here in, like, an hour or so. I mean, I, we could drive you. And, of course, the big, again, this idea of the two versions of things happening, this time they're back in here, and the woman does recognize Tyrell, goes, I know who you are, you're Tyrell, and he tries to deny it, of course, but, you know, she she, she understands who it is, she gets him, it's again, it's, like, it's almost like, if this was literally like an alternate timelines kind of show, it's like, no, version one, she doesn't understand who he is, or she doesn't quite get it, version two, she does recognize him, she does get him, um, and I like that. Yeah. So. yeah, no, I get that. It's uh, it's it's pretty distinct this episode in in that sense with the the duality. Yeah, um, but yeah, she says, "Be sure you veer left at the creek," um, is the line of dialogue she has. Um, obviously, at one point, uh, Elliot and Mister Robot do get very very upset. If I, it's Mister Robot who leans in and like yells at her, and you know, yeah. and she eventually she gives him terrified. Yeah, you can learn some manners while you're walking, kind of thing, uh, and you know. They, 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 they saunter off into the into the forest uh, where they spend much of the, the rest of the episode. And a lot of this is beautifully shot, might I add. Um, there's a lot of really nice, oh, yeah. pretty it's especially, shots. Especially uh, the, the later he gets, some of the stuff with the lights uh, in, in, in against the trees is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. there's a big wide shot later. I'll point it out when we get to the scene specifically. Oh, yeah, I think I know the ones you're on about already. Yeah, uh, so... We cut back again. Again, it's going back and forth. Back and forth. Um, we cut back to Dom, uh, who, it's worth mentioning, uh, in the previous scene, she was kind of dozing off at the end of the scene. And at the start of this scene, she kind of wakes up and sees us a few more messages, and she types in saying, hey, sorry, I'm falling asleep. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to go. Um, which stands to reason. Now, admittedly, they've set it up that she was tired and she was kind of dozing off. So, I mean, the, the whole she was dreaming thing doesn't feel that cheap later because it's very heavily kind of it still feels a little bit cheap to me, to me personally. I, I'm giving it a bit more of a pass now, thinking of it through the the, the lens of the the duality. But even in when I was watching it, it, it did bother me a bit. It never bothered me because I, I kind of I saw it. Not the way I saw it coming necessarily. But I know I did actually. See, see, as soon as um, uh, Henry admits that she's a woman, uh, as soon as that that it felt too like this is too perfect. This is. No, like no. A... I agree. My problem is that I feel like for being the dream sequence you know once you get to that point i feel like it goes on too long uh for to, to be as satisfying as it could be like mm -hmm. if there's a little uncertain because even though you know it's okay this is probably a dream sequence now 
it just goes on too long under that uh, pretense that I, it just uh, it bothered me a bit. Uh, it never did me, but uh, basically Henry wants to meet up um, and sort of you know, reveals who who she is, uh, and Dom's like, okay, why don't you come around and yeah. we'll be alone and- together. I'll tell you what the the biggest giveaway that this is a dream. Even even if you go, okay, sure, it could be a woman. The biggest giveaway is Dom's just like, yeah, sure, here's my address. Mm. Given you know she's just spent all the time at her mother's, utterly afraid to leave a, you know her room, uh, and doesn't want to see anyone because hey, every, she's she's thinking every single person might be dark army. Yeah, and no, I ain't buying this for a second. I don't know. I don't know. Horniness overcomes many a thing, many an inhibitor. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we cut back to the uh, to the forest, and the three of them are walking through. Um, at one point, uh, I think Elliot asks, "Like, are you sure you've got the right trail?" And and Tyrell says, "There was only one. This was the only one." Um, yeah, I took that to mean before they turned off. At the creek, right? So oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly what it means because they're not at the creek yet. Um, yeah. They mentioned that in the scene, um, but again, this idea of there only being one perceived path uh, with yeah. one fork, kind of thing, it just really stuck out to me that line. Um, but Tyrell talks about how he's, he kind of dreams of running away and like having a peaceful life and how he wants this all to be over. He um, wants to be back on the farm. Yes, yes, and there's a there's a howl that happens. This really awkward sounding howl. That, that sort of debate is that a dog is a coyote. What is this? It does sound kind of weird. Um, yeah, I think Howl is being generous. It's more of a whine. Well, the subtitle said Hell, so I'm going with Hell. Yeah. <laughs> Sketchy subtitle. Like, Amazon said Howl. I'm just going to go with Hell for lack of a better term, okay? Okay, fine. Better term. Um, I agree as a whine because we, we kind of get a hint of what it was later, but um, I'm going to say Hell because that's what I've written down in my notes. So I'm not going to second guess myself every time. You are I go to... so inflexible. You can't. You well, can't change that on the fly. Yeah, the way I have to th- think about it every single time. I uh, oh, every single time I'm at my pad, almost like it went kind of floppy and almost fell in my hand. Um, so someone's going to take that out of context and make it a funny sound. But um, so they're in the forest and there's this and this is where you get the big beautiful shot where it cuts this wide shot and it's just the silhouette of them in the trees and it's this all you know it's big tall trees the moonlight's coming through there's the mist yeah. very very pretty stuff um and this is where they're, they're sort of worried that there's something near them because they hear that sound um but tyrell gets worried because hey that cashier can id me and this is when sort of the the ethereal music which i noted down was very good <laughs> starts starts playing and uh mr robot narrates this is the first time he's narrated all episode and he's talking about you know searching for something but not finding it and it kind of you know it cuts to darlene i think at the end of this uh this idea of looking for something um and this is where again i was starting to think about white rose this idea that whatever whatever white rose is doing is to find something that can't be found and yeah. It made me think of the flashbacks last week. It made me think of, you know, what she's really looking for. Yeah, it's it's become fairly clear what her aim is. If not the the specifics of how we're we're now leaning towards, you know, alternate universe dimensions as opposed to time travel, sure. Um, but it's it's fairly clear her objective. Mm. Um, well, you say very clear. I, mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put my stake on it that much and say it's very clear. I mean, it feel okay. The show wants us to feel that it's very clear. 
Yeah, I, I think saying definitively, no, it's definitely some big sci-fi idea where she thinks she can, you know, do something like this with this device. Like, I'm not willing to put my stake in that and say it's definitely something that extreme. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I was saying in, in some form, she she wants, you know, her, her partner back. Uh, and then maybe that's replacing him with something else. In You know, and that's what this project is. But that's what it's all about. It's not just mm. necessarily sci-fi um, i'm not committing to that mm. all right uh so we do cut to darlene and she's in the car with uh, tobias the santa who starts talking about jimmy uh starts talking about his friend jimmy who basically describes him as suicidal and depressed and talking about well you know you're out in the winter nights you're looking up and thinking maybe the world would be better without me and you know darlene's looking kind of concerned it sounds you know very kind of you know, and it kind of ties into, you know, because we've had themes of suicide recently with Elliot, you know, just uh, with Olivia last episode. It's been kind of a, a running thing recently, this idea of just escaping. Uh, and it does also make, make me wonder just how much of the show really is just about the idea of dealing with mental health and dealing with um, uh, thoughts like that and, you know, finding something to live for. Because um, yeah. so even going all the way back to season one, so much of Elliot's story was finding something to fight for in place of what happened to his father. Like, you know, this, ever since then, he needs something to sort of work towards. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. So, um, I just noticed as well that this scene kind of ends, I think it both starts and ends with, like, you know, the, 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 that, that, that sort of, a the- I'm going to call it a David Lynch shot, where the car, the camera's kind of just on the hood of the car, sort of looking out of the road, so it's this kind of just... Okay, I know the shot you're on about. Yeah, it's just, so it's just sort of this, like... Uh, very kind of like uh, what's what I'm looking for here uh, not methodical but like there's a very just kind of it's trance-like trance-like yeah sort of image of the road just speeding underneath the camera it, it is it basically is the shot that we had for about a third of Twin Peaks The Return yeah. <laughs> uh, so it starts and ends with that uh, we come back to the forest. Tyrell thinks uh, he understands Elliot. He's like, I get it now. Like, you don't care about anything. The black hoodie, the black, you always wear the same clothes. I care. I wear a suit and tie. $6,000. You mentioned the hoodie there. Reminds me of what was probably my favorite moment of the last episode that I just want to mention. I'm sure you mentioned it last week anyway, but uh, it was, you know, we, we spoke a lot in the past how the, the hoodie's kind of like his his superhero outfit. Kind of, you know, okay, this is the, the you know, the the, mm. the costume. Uh, and it was when he got back to his apartment and he seen that, okay, no, it's been broken into. And uh, the narration, oh, I think, or maybe he's done to Mr. Robot. Um, he says, oh, no, I'm just going to have to, you know, pretend to be a normal person. That I'm, you know, like, you know, like, I'm, like I'm scared to, to come in. Mm. And it takes down the hoodie, uh, like, you know, to shift back to that other persona of, of being normal. Uh, I thought it was a, that was a great moment. I never actually mentioned that, so no, very good. Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought you would have... <laughs> Look, I spoke for 50 minutes on my own. I did it at one point that you thought of. I'm so sorry. Oh, you should, should have done better. He's slacking. Bite me. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And so he's basically like, yeah, you care. I, you know, I, also, I care and you don't, basically, is, is Tyrell's thing. Um, and that basically it's means... Very, it's very superficial caring, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's, it's kind of this, like, again, this idea of duality. Not that I'm suggesting Tyrell's the other personality. I'm not suggesting that for a second, because that would be ridiculous. There's too many things that don't add up. But what I'm saying is, thematically here, again, with the theme of the episode, we're talking about how Tyrell's someone who cares about material things. Elliot is someone who does not. Uh, you know, Tyrell 
cares about success. Elliot does not. And Tyrell sees that as why he has ultimately been a failure and why Elliot is ultimately, in his eyes, had some amount of success. And again, it's this idea that if they say they were the same person to begin with, this idea that one cares, one doesn't, and this is just how different their lives are because of that. Yeah. Um, right from the get-go. So, again, the theme keeps coming back. Keeps coming back. But they hear a car at one point, and they're like, shit, we're near a road. Great. Right, we can get back. And they run out, the car just drives past them, and I actually almost thought it was going to be Darlene in the car at one point. Just So did I, yeah. Because we knew she was sort of on uh, on kind of that way. Cause I got that the imp- area. Yeah. I got the impression that when she agreed to go upstate, it's because she knew the area she had to go to was kind of in that sort of direction. Yeah, it wasn't like so far out of the way. Yeah. Uh, but of course, they find that they've actually went back in a circle and they're back at the gas station. Again, this idea of coming back and again, duality. We're repeating yep. things. We're back at the station. And it also means they probably took a right at the, the at the fork. I mean, not necessarily. Well, then they, they left. left. Then... Well, n- no, but I mean, I'm just saying if, if they did and then just carry and, and veered left again at some point without realizing. Oh, yeah. They, they but weren't the... on a path at that point, were they? Well, no, but I think there was like a general like uh, clearing, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming that like... You don't necessarily have to think about the direction. You just go straight until you get to the creek, and then you take a left and just follow whatever the. Uh, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is that it felt like maybe they thought they were going straight, but they, they weren't. Maybe they were actually leaning just left and just. Yeah, it, it could have been right as well. It, it doesn't really matter. I was just, my point is, you know, okay, without realizing they lent too far in one direction. Yeah, in a logical sense, but this is boring as far as talking about the theme of the episode goes. Clearly, like we were given this option of don't veer left at well, the creek. Well, look, but I, I think what's interesting here is I don't think they made a choice. I think that's what's for me is more interesting here. I don't think it's that they made the wrong choice. It's that they were kind of wandering aimlessly and didn't actually reach their destination because they didn't make a decision in the in, okay. at all. Okay. Uh, so there we cut to the car again with uh, Darlene Tobias. Um, it turns out he volunteers every Christmas Eve at a, a kids cancer center. And you know, Darlene's kind of suitably impressed. Like oh, that's kind of and cool. Goes out and gets hammered after. He gets drunk after. Um, but he says, "This may be the last year I do it, though." Um, you know, my wife used to go with me, but ever since the accident, and you know, it sounds really, you know, kind of almost like on the nose, just how much of like a tragedy this life, this guy's life sounds like. Um, yeah. And he talks about how the kids are like some of them are so small. It's almost as if they were born to die. And Darlene's like, oh, no wonder you're so, like, drunk. Like, how else would you get through that? And, he, and like I say, he mentions the accident, uh, and we see that he has pills uh, in, in his pocket. So, again, we're really painting this picture of this suicidal guy dressed as Santa on Christmas Eve who's maybe lost his wife recently. Um, that's the implication we yeah. get here. Uh, so it really paints this picture, and that's what the scene is. Uh, and then we cut back to Dom, and it's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is Irene from the Deuce who comes <laughs> sauntering in. Um, I recognise. And they make a bit of small talk. Um, again, Irene says she imagined Dom's place was different and more organised. Again, the idea of of two two versions: the real and the not so real. Um, yeah. Stick sticking it in it again. Um, and again, uh, I noted here. Uh, Dom says that that's the great thing about uh, chat rooms is that everyone gets to like imagine what they want. 
uh, they get to have complete control. And just as uh, they say that, uh, the song that's playing actually has the lyrics "Total Control." That's, an, that's I think that's even the name of the song. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's the lyric that happens right after she says that. Um, but ultimately, she goes to the bathroom to sort of freshen up or whatever, and there's candles everywhere, as if it's like a romantic setting. Yeah, it's like she'd pl- the, the implication. Uh, had been obviously she'd planned this and and would it made it all nice for for when she came over. Yeah, so the woman runs in though and she's wearing a dark army style mask and uh dunks Dom into the bathtub which is full. Um she, and she's drowning her and she's basically saying you have to accept that you'll never be free, that you'll never have control. And you know a lot of this dream is about Dom wanting control over things and not ha- you know the idea that she's taking risks and wants control that's why she uses a chat room so her dream is also it's, it's basically the idea that she can let that go and yeah you it's, know. hey you don't need to control everything yes um and of course she wakes up and for for me her waking up really worked for me because partly just because of the way it was shot because it felt such like a like a slice of life moment it really felt like someone waking up after they dozed off for like five minutes it, it, it felt jarring but also a bit drowsy yeah it just it felt very realistic. I mean, you know, she sees that there was messages from this this uh, you know hard on dude who probably is a guy. You know, it's just the, the yeah, all... yeah, because it, it never got any further. Yeah, um, he's just mad that she she she's not responding. Um, but again, yeah, and he's gone offline as well. But again, two realities, two timelines, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so there we go back to Darlene, Tobias. Uh, they get to his house. I noted that it was very Christmassy, like more so than any other house in the street. Overly Christmassy. <laughs> I mean, extremely Christmassy. Ah, give him a break. He's, he just wants to enjoy Christmas. Um, but uh, they they arrive and they notice that there's a car in the driveway that looks very similar to the car they're in. And she's like, "Hey, what's that?" And he's like, "Huh? Whose car is that?" That was going to be my question. Oh, I remember now. I didn't drive there. Kenny drove. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you know really bad. I've, I'm terrible at remembering names. I knew it was Kenny, for some stupid reason. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, okay, so I, ha- I have just stolen a random car. Then this is not like yours. This is just some random person's yeah. car. I mean, she can't feel too bad about it because she was going to steal the car anyway. That's true. No, she was, but she didn't have to drive him here though. She could have just uh, avoided that part potentially yeah but i mean don't get me wrong she did seem to become a little attached to him uh over the over the journey but um you know so he says you know one of the last thing he says before he leaves is goodbye is short and final and that sounds really ominous right and you know she gets out and she's like hey look like i know you're down whatever like but you, you can't do this you can't you know think about hurting yourself i don't want anything to happen to you and he's like what are you talking about and we get this reveal. She's like, "Well, you got the pills of water from my wife. Your wife is dead." And I'm like, "She's like his reaction. Is like he goes, what? What happened to her?" And then he's like, "No, she threw her back. That was the accident. We were putting up the Santa. Um, she's in a lot of pain. The medication helps with the pain. And like, and, it'd be, it'd be, and she's like, well, but Jimmy, this, this friend, you know, she's, she's talks, you know, that classic thing where you're talking about a friend and you're talking about yourself. It's like, Jimmy Stewart, it's a wonderful life. And to be fair, what he says about him in that it movie does up. line up. And it's like, and again, it's this idea of we had this one version of him, which wasn't necessarily the real thing, but we thought it was, and it very much played it to us that this is what he was. And then it turned out, no, it's completely different. I, He's a different... I, timeline different pers- version of the character I-, I love how 
realistically drunk this guy is because a lot of the times in, in TV movies it's really overplayed and it's just ridiculous. Whereas this is, no, no, he was telling this story, you know, and he was talking about the film, but he, he never said that. He, ne he never explicitly said he was talking about the film because in his drunken brain, he just thought it was obvious and didn't yeah. think he needed to say it. Uh, uh, and and that that's kind of uh, really true to to, to life. It, it felt much more real because of that. But the beauty of it is that it again it, it works with this theme and it really subverts our expectations because we're with Darlene the entire time. We we are thinking what she's thinking, and you know then he's like, hey, like, do you want to talk about what you're going through? <laughs> and she says no, but then she unloads. And again, there's a really good music that comes in here as she kind of just unleashes about how much she's lost everyone, her best friend, her parents. The only person she has left is her brother, and he's a bit of an asshole, but she can't help but care about him, and she's worried he that... He might be dead anyway. Yeah, he might be dead. So, so you know, it, she really unloads everything, and the music just sort of, like, comes to a sweet sort of, like, conclusion, and he goes, okay, and turns around and goes to walk in the house. <laughs> kind of love this guy. So she goes back to the car, uh, and we come back to the forest, and the three of them are walking. They're kind of on a road now, but they're but it's still kind of around forest sort of area. And they're walking down. Uh, Tyrell basically thinks they're doomed at this point. It's like, okay, the guy's been gone too long. He's contacted the rest of them. Like they know what we've done. Yeah, yeah. even when we get to this little town, they're gonna be there waiting. We're screwed. Yeah. Um, and then he gets really upset. He sort of stops. He's got a rock in his shoe. And he's like, "You don't care about me. You never cared about me. Admit it." And Elliot does kind of admit it here. And this is the big thing that I think I wanted to mention earlier is that. Tyrell talks to both Elliot and Mr. Robot in this scene, and it's very intentionally done so that he has to differentiate between them. Because cause when I was watching the second because I remember this being from the first time I watched it, of course, right? And then I watched it the second time taking notes, and I was paying close close attention to where Tyrell was looking and if you could if you could sell it off as like, no, he's not really you know, you could explain this away, it makes sense on Yeah, we've own. seen it before where uh, he he might turn his head a bit, but Mr. Robot and Elliot kind of move around to kind of. Uh, well, for not forgetting know, the movement, forget, forgetting the no, movement, no, no. forget forgetting any kind of movement. What happens here is that at first you can't explain it because at first, you know, Elliot gets mad at him and he walks off, and then Mr. Robot like kind of comes in and sits down next to him, right? So Mr. Yeah. Robot is on his on his left. Elliot's far to his right. He's walked like 20, 30 feet to the right. Yeah. Um. And he's talking to Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot is trying to kind of be nicer to him, basically. And, you know, when Elliot first says something from the distance, Tyrell does turn his head in the direction of Elliot to a point. But it kind of plays like... Or this could be when someone just looks away from the person as they talk to yeah. him. It kind, of, it kind of works to a point. However, when Elliot comes walking back towards him, you know, Tyrell stands up, he keeps looking at him, and he actually follows his line of movement until he's in front of him. Um... He's very clearly shifted from talking to Mr. Robot, who was sitting directly to his left, to Elliot, who was, you know, quite the, a bit the away on his right. The only thing I would say is, having only you know, watched the ones and have to rewatch to check, when Mr. Robot is sat next to him, is Terrell looking at him for that part of the conversation, or is he just staring ahead? I no, I think it looks at him. I'm sure it looks at him. Okay, I, I, and, I'm going to have to take your word on this. And I don't think, I don't think. It's trying to say anything about who Tyrell is, or that Tyrell's seeing both of them. I think it's meant to be purely a thematic thing here. I, I think it's Tyrell seeing both of them in the sense that he understands Elliot now and understand. You know, it's it's not necessarily. Well, I, again, yeah, no, no, I I agree to a point. I don't think it's necessarily that he understands. I don't think he understands. Uh, 
maybe to to that extreme extent but i I think it's visually representative of the idea that he is much closer in sync with elliot now the idea that like that this veil of the the, because you know he's he's kind of idolized elliot in the past he's kind of been this thing at you know arm's length this feels to me like we could do this with with almost any character we could do it with darlene almost to show that elliot and darlene are closer again this idea that like it's just not that she's literally seeing two people but her addressing both of them is almost like um a visual way of representing that the characters fully uh, become like I don't know in sync yeah, or they're not aware of both personalities, but they understand Elliot yes. and his enough to um, that. That was how I was reading it. differentiate between the personalities, even though they don't realize that. That was how I was reading it, and you know he comes back over, and Elliot you know, tells him, "F you, I don't care if you die." Yada yada yada, and he, he walks off. But he does actually when he's storming off, uh, the narration from Mister Robot comes back in. And it comes... yeah, uh, just before I say, well, we're on Tara for one more second. And it's very noble that you know this this conversation is very uh, flip flop in terms of tone between Elliot and Mister Robot, and Tara just kind of goes with it the entire time. Oh sure, yeah. Um, but you know, he's storming off. The narration comes back in, um, and it, I guess about being lost, and it, but he kind of shifts it to okay, what about the ones who were lost, not the ones who are looking for the lost? What if the ones who were lost don't want to be found? Um, and interestingly, it custed a shot of Darlene during this part of the narration. It doesn't go away if you've seen her. It's just one shot of her sitting in the car, and it comes back uh, to these characters. Um, and it's at this point where Elliot turns around, and he comes back and says, all right, you know, let's go. We have to keep fighting. We have to keep moving. And Tyrell's like, but why? Why do we keep moving uh, if we're already dead? And he's like, for my sister. Like, like she she you know i got into this mess i have to do this for her so obviously the, the, the cut to darlene is pretty obvious in the idea that he's thinking about her but yeah this idea of like it really that's it reinforced the idea to me that elliot is probably completely and utterly screwed for the end of this show i don't think he can have a happy ending but he might be able to ha- give darlene one uh i agree he he even admits it to to tara a little bit later where he's like you know what i agree you know the the, the we're, we're dead already you know we're just you know we're just getting through this now uh, to 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 get a message to Darlene, and and I think that that pretty much sums up the the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, Joe, I said this. I've said this in the last like two or three episodes, but I keep saying that you know, Mister Robots had some really great emotional, like touching moments in the past. But it's, it, I feel like this season feels really rampant with them. I feel like almost every episode is giving me like two or three scenes where I'm getting really kind of choked up and attached. Yeah, I had some I had some big ones last episode. That, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that they were even by this show sense were yeah you know, really up there. Mm. Uh, no, really good. Uh, so no, um, really, really good stuff. Um, and he you know, convinces Tyrell to go because Tyrell even says, "Okay, well, let's go, and maybe you can make that phone call." Like this idea that yeah, I, you know, Tyrell still fully believes they're screwed, but he at least sees now. Okay, there's a reason to at least get so far. There's a reason to yeah. get get to town to make to warn her, if nothing else. And it kind of humanizes him a lot because Tyrell's a character who you know he he really killed someone the first season just because he he lost his temper. Like you know, he's not a clean individual who. It's, it's kind of crazy how sympathetic he is right now and how much we kind of relatively speaking give a shit about him and given how terrible he was at the start and then that's not gloss over the fight idea you know darlene says she's lost everyone so is he like tyrell lost his wife lost his son i mean his son's not dead but like he's lost them forever and like he's lost his home he even talks in this episode about wanting to go back to a farm and like to get yeah. away from this life and 
Like, this idea that everyone around Elliot has kind of lost everything, and maybe that's why Elliot, sh instead of, like, being the way he is, should connect with them, because they can be, as Dom herself put it earlier on, they can be alone together. Um, this idea exactly. of misfits finding each other and, like, making a new family or making a new support system, whatever. Which is it's interesting, because it's kind of, for a while, what we had with the, the F Society group. Uh, they were kind of his own little family, and yeah. then they all got screwed. And yeah, and a lot of it was his fault. Uh, yep. Uh, and I, I mean, I say his fault, I'm including Mr. Robot in that. I'm including, like, the uh, character yeah, as yeah. a whole. Uh, directly and indirectly. Yeah. Uh, so... No, and this idea of making amends and wanting to make sure that he saves Darlene, this idea that he's lost Angela, he's lost everyone that's worked with him, um, is really quite something. So this idea of okay, there's one person left that I can lose, and god damn it, I'm not doing it. Like I'm 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 making sure she gets out of this somehow. Um yeah. and it, it's kinda sweet because you know, we, we cut to uh, you know, stuff with Darlene in this episode and she's talking about how Elliot uh, is mean to her, or I mean, I don't know the word to use, but you know, she, she treats her horribly, doesn't seem to care about her, but she always cares about him. The idea that Elliot's kind of like has actually turned this corner and everything he's thinking about is about trying to like save her is a kind of a nice contrast where we know he is, he does care about her. She's maybe not seeing that yet, but we are seeing it and it makes us really root for like her to find this out, but more importantly for him to succeed. So, yeah. Uh, no, good, 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 good character. The character stuff this season has been off the, off the, off the charts. I want to say, I was gonna say off the reels. That's not what I meant. Off the charts. Um, yeah, you know. it's, it's been, it's been real good. Uh, so, yeah, um, and you know, Elliot says to Tyrell at one point here, uh, "I don't like being an outsider either." Um, I just wanted to point out that line. Um, so. Yeah, and we do have one little moment with Darlene. Uh, we cut back, and uh, Tobias comes up and chaps in the window and says, basically, uh, you know, I know you're worried about your brother, but you've got to worry about you too. Also, I hope he's not dead. Merry Christmas. And he goes, he goes home to his wife. <laughs> yep. Just a little bit. Um, and the, the rest of them find the dead deer. You know, they get to the road, they find this dead deer, and the music's getting kind of eerie, Um. Uh, this is the implication here is that this is what the noise has been the whole time. It's been the squealing. This deer's dead now, but it's been maybe the squealing of this deer. That's that's the noise. That's why it's sounding kind of weird because it was like a dying animal. It wasn't. That's that's the assumption. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and they go a little bit further up the road and they see the van. The van is crashed into a tree. It's come, went off the road and crashed, and they go up and it's like you know it's very tense, very slow, and I can only describe the music here as a dark Christmas jingle. That's how I'd describe it. Um, and, you know, again, talk about duality. Tyrell goes up, goes to the left of the van. Elliot and Mr. Robot go to the right. And they're going up the side of the van and they sort of peek around. And even as something as simple as this little moment, they, Elliot looks in, the, in the, the, you know, the, the, the van twice. He looks to the driver twice. First time, he's alive. Second time, he... I mean, we see him, you know, shoot himself at Dark Army do, but like the idea that the first time he's a threat and he's alive, the second time he's dead... Again, yeah. just, uh, again, doubles. Uh, happening again, but this time different. And, of course, there's enough gunshots to maybe suspect, okay, maybe Tyrell on the other side's been hit. But... He, he definitely got shots off. Uh, yeah. we, we know that. Uh, it's, it's just whether or not he's been hit is the question at that point. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and there's, there's stuff in here with uh, Darlene driving as well uh, to Elliot. It's kind of cutting between them quite a bit yeah. at this point. Um, again, feels very kind of almost lynchy in the way it's kind of going back and forth. Uh, she's crying. She stops at one point and just kind of breaks down and yells uh, in, in the car. Um, 
So, and I just noted down dark Christmas music there. Um, so my last little bit of notes, because obviously we're right at the end here. Um, we have Tyrell, who has been shot, and Elliot's like, we have to get you to a hospital. And since you brought up the hood earlier, I will note down he takes his hood off uh, here. And I noticed that really, because his hair's quite messy, when he pulls his hood off, it's really yeah. kind of uh, all over the place. It's, again, yeah, whenever the hood's off, it's a... It's, uh... It's a bit more vulnerable, a bit more real. I yeah, he's, he's letting his guard down and sort of saying, hey, no, I'm here with it's, you. It's Elliot as opposed to Hackerman. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. Hackerman. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, Tyrell's like, no, just leave me. And he's like, I'm not going to leave you here to die. Again, it's this idea that if, if this is Tyrell's exit, and, I mean, and we'll talk about the fact that we might have had Angela and Tyrell both killed off in the first four episodes of the final season in a minute. But uh, if this is Tyrell's exit, this idea that in this episode... Elliot did connect with him a little bit before. Like, you know, he kind of at least respected him enough to understand, you know, who he is and he didn't want to leave him here. And he says, no, I'm just, I'm just going for a walk. That's all. And we get this, again, it's this very almost um, cheesy, but it's, it's kind of right in the context of what's happening, this shot of him just walking into the mist it's with a full moon. I, I kind of wish it was the last shot. I I wished it more before before the talk of all the, the, you know, the, the repeated nature of this episode. Yeah. Um, because having a second a second exit scene essentially makes sense. Given kind, the themes. kind of works in, in in keeping with it. But I, before that, I kind of like the idea of this. It's just the end shot. No, he just he just walks off into the mist, uh, and it's this beautiful moment. And it, then we get a little montage um, with the music playing. With uh, we see Dom sort of like get into the bathroom and just sort of like throwing some water in her face and like sort of contemplating. Darlene's kind of like crying still and just sort of like maybe about to start driving again. Uh, but we hear the howl again. Tyrell's walking through the forest, and we hear it again. And mm. he's walking, he's stumbling closer to something. He's been shot in the stomach, so he's kind of holding his stomach and limping, and you know whatever. And there's, as he gets closer to something, he's got there's like a blue, purpley glow hitting him. There's something, yeah. and he's kind of looking at it like, "What the hell is this?" And there's a, maybe like a little rumble kind of sound effect. Not a rumble, that's maybe not the right, just a hum, maybe. Maybe a hum's better. A hum's closer, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's looking, he gets really close, and it's a really strong purpley, bluey sort of light that's hitting his face. And if it, and Joe, this definitely feels like, it, it feels like finding like an alien artifact or something like that. It feels like he's found something that's right of a science fiction movie. It does, and it's played like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so it's like Pulp Fiction, most in the briefcase. It feels kind of like that. He's found something in the forest that is a purple-blue glow to it, and it fades to white, and the credits play on a white background. It's very unusual. Yes. Um, and it's very interesting, because I, like, I think this episode is, is all about these, these alternate timelines. It's all about this idea of searching for the right one, and I think that's what Wright Rose, in a way, and even if it's not literally, in a way, is trying to do with his device, or her device, sorry. So, I, I then beg the question, like, so so I think for people who, because I've seen online people calling this a filler episode, I've seen people online um, be disappointed with it, and honestly, I think, if you really think about this, I, I think from a thematic point of view, I think this episode is very important for setting up what, we're, what we should be thinking about uh, for the rest of the season. I agree with that. Uh, I, I had elements that maybe I didn't like as much when I was watching it, like, you know, this mm. second Tyrell exit, uh, the extended dream section with Dom, but they make a lot more sense in context thinking about it uh, through that angle. Um, so I, I like them more now uh, than I did right after I finished watching it. Um, things like this ending, 
it makes me question you know is this final scene with Terrell is it even real because okay we hear that that noise again and like but we've seen the dead deer is there, is there another one is it again just that duality again or is this you know was it never the the deer in the first place was it something else yeah yeah was it so yeah was it always something else um yeah or or is this just not quite as real as it seems is this again again look, again look at um tobias's story turns out to be you know not real here's the reality that comes later uh dom's dreams not reality we get the reality later so this deer could be the the fake one it could be the the illusion and then the reality and again but all, all the illusions we had were all reasonably believe i mean dom's was a bit easier because it was a dream but like you know darlene's was perfectly feasible and felt real enough until the rug get pulled yeah. and it was like here's and, and the reality the with that deer that okay that felt reasonable uh but then maybe it's something else um i i, I did say it's funny because we brought up twin peaks a couple of times i do i do distinctly remember looking earlier today and seeing a couple of people saying well i guess we're in twin peaks territory now just based on the ending uh and yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like that, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, it could be. Uh, the only other thing I would say is, um, it, it could be the 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 noise that we hear at the end. You know, that that howl, as you've been calling, it, isn't actually the, the the same howl. It is more of a representation of, okay, no, uh, that was the last noise that, that that the deer made before it died, and this is kind of now we're hearing it again, but it's for Tyrell this time. Sure. And that's yeah. it. This is this is his end. Yes, and is, is, is this light just something he's seeing in, in his dying moment? It's not a real exactly. thing. Yeah. Um, or I think it's possible, but I mean, it's it's slightly less exciting. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. Th part honestly, if I was to put money on it, if I was to like stake a claim and say this is my guess right now, I would say we will never see this light again, and it will never be brought up again. That would be my guess. And I think mm. its importance is going to be more thematic and more about what it represents. Uh, whether or not it's like, you know, forgetting is it real, is, it, is he just seeing it or is there something really there? It may still be really there, but I still think the importance of it will be more of a thematic thing of what it means to the character and what it means uh, given where we end the I show. Mean, the, the bigger question here is do, do you think that was the end of Tyrell? Like, was that his exit? Or could we see because he's he's not dead at the end of this scene he's not but a um, fade to white well, often does mean death it often does not and, always, and, but... you know it, it's very him him walking off is okay i'm going off to die now it's it's very clear that's the the implication of, of what it wants us to believe also but... let's talk about the fact that because we, we we know what time it is roughly actually from uh from dom's uh text because she gets a text from her mom saying you know it was like three three something in the morning i think it was almost three it was like 2 30 there was something oh, like that. okay um but let's put let's talk about what time time of year it is it is christmas eve going into christmas day it is like 2 30 in the morning so given the mythology of christmas what's happening right now santa's going around the planet delivering presents and you're probably thinking what am i saying here they find a dead deer on the road on Christmas night or Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve night. Like, like when, and that's the time, you know, like the the thematic implications that one of Santa's reindeer <laughs> has plummeted to its death and hit this van. I can't ignore that, especially since the episode starts with the camera, as I say, going up into the sky and coming back down. I can't help but say that there's some imagery here, and we even have a Santa in the episode who Darlene guides home because he's lost his reindeer. Look. <laughs> it's all clicks together. 
I'm sorry. I'm I'm willing to go with the time travel. I'm willing to go with the alternate universes. But you've taken a step too far. No, I'm not saying this is all lateral. I'm saying that it's all just this thematic, <laughs> I, wonderful I know, I thing. It just all lines up. And what, what does Santa mean? He brings hope and he brings gifts. Was stopping this van a gift from Santa? Not that I'm suggesting Santa like went across and slit the deer's throat and <laughs> plummeted I, 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 it. See, in this scenario now, Tobias is the real Santa. <laughs> it wasn't really drunk. Um, and even that line he said about um, it's like they were just born to die. Like that's almost a feeling you get like that with Elliot and like you know a lot of people around him. They're all they're all just on a clock. Like they're all just yeah. born into this and they're just all screwed. Like they have no choice. But I think a big theme of the show is: Do they really have a choice? Can they really fight back? Are they at the mercy of the one percent of the one percent of White Rose or whoever's in charge? Yeah. Um, and the idea that even White Rose, as we know, is sure, super powerful, but even she is trying to achieve something and is essentially becoming God by playing God. And yes, that... and it's a very personal goal as well. But what's interesting, though, is that it comes from a place where she didn't have power, she wanted to be with the person she loved and couldn't because of the, the country they lived in, because of the lack of the power they had at the time. Obviously, she was just getting the job, or the Zhang persona was getting the job as the Minister of Defence or whatever. And... She, she's risen up and taken power you almost get this feeling that in a weird way white rose is a representation of i mean we've, we've talked in the past how there's a duality to mr robot with elliot to then white rose with zhang the idea that the the, the villain also has this kind of split but i think even looking at this in this sense this idea that in a way she was kind of an elliot once upon a time and rose up took the power maybe not in the exact same way but has become, you know, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Like, this thing is there. And and you could you could argue Zhang died as a, you know as as the hero, and White Rose was born the villain. I got, yeah. If you if you look at it as as a, it's really always White Rose now, and Zhang's just a disguise. Sure, if you look at yeah. it that way, uh, rather than there's actually both still functioning. But yeah, you could say Which that. I, I think given the flashback last time and and that that key pivotal moment, and mm. then you see the White Roses. I think there's an argument to be made for that being the case. Yeah, no, I, I could see it. Yes. Um, how good was that shot though, with the camera came, came, came behind the roses and you saw the red you side, the, blood the, 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 the yeah. hidden side, the hidden character, and the other. No, good. No, it was good. Anyway, so yeah, a lot of thematic stuff in here. Um, I thought this episode was great. I, I, I think you're crazy if you don't think it's great. It, this is this was full of thematic and character touches. Um, I love how much it's played into Christmas. Um. I'm really liking the the music that is to it. Yep, yep, yep. All all good stuff. And hey, and we still have you know we didn't even get more of uh, Vera this week. We, you know, his hunt hunt for Krista. I'm looking we, forward to that. We, yeah, well, we, we didn't get too much last week. We got just uh, enough to set it up, um, uh, and that's it. Um, we didn't get any more between you know, okay, Price and 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 White Rose, and we know, we know the meetings going ahead, obviously, but. Well, no, I was saying that last week as well. It's doing a good job of like not feeling the need to do every single character subplot ever because there was no Dom last week either. Um, no. So, you know, it's, it's picking wisely when it's choosing. And I, I, I think this has been paced very well for me so far. Some people think it's slow. I, this, this for me, this is... Um, I don't think it's slow. Yeah, it's hitting all the beats for me. Methodical, I might, I might give you. Yeah. Um, meticulous because everything feels, oh, you know, this is what we're doing now. Everything feels important, and why we're doing it as it is. And it's 
I, I don't think slow is a fair word. It's funny, though, because there is a point where they're, in, they're, they're going around the forest for the first like, few minutes, and I'm like, are they going to be in the forest for the end of the ep- till the end of the episode? And I, I sort of say that in my head almost negatively, thinking, are we just waste how, a half an how episode? Can, how can this just be it? Yeah. But by the time I get to the end of the episode, and I'm, I'm looking at what the, sh- the episode's doing, and I'm looking at what the point of the episode is and the themes that it's bringing up, all of it kind of makes sense. The fact that Darlene spends most of the episode literally on a road, and we're talking about alternate paths, alternate timelines, uh, they're in like a, not quite a path, but in a clearing in a forest where it's hard to see which direction you're going in. There's a lot of thematic things here. Yeah, where, where you know, and, and to contrast that, she has no choice. It's just a straight road. She's just, she's just driving along. You know, it's, it's, Again, some people have the choice, some don't. We've we saw that a lot in this show. Yeah, or it's healthier because she can sort of see what the the road actually is. Where maybe you could see it as a, a representation that Eli- in Elliot's mind, there is no clear path. It's all just a, a mess of trees. Yeah. Maybe there should be there's a there's a healthy middle ground where there's a road that you can see, but still make the decisions of which direction to take. Mm. But versus just okay, it's one road and that's it. And as opposed to, you know, and Elliot's just like, well, hang on, we're just in the middle of the forest. Where the hell do we go? Uh, it's it's kind of two extremes. Sam Esmail's a madman. I can't wait for episode five. Let us know what you think of the episode in the comments. Like and subscribe. Ding the bell. Make sure you get the notifications on YouTube. You can support us by rating the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us five stars. Helps people find us a bit more. Uh, you can also, of course, support us financially over at patreon.com slash TV. You can do that for as little as $1 per month and keep all the content coming. Get some bonuses for your troubles. Uh, so go and see what's on offer. A whole bunch of things at different tiers. But uh, that is us. So check out all the stuff we're doing. Uh, me and Tara have been reviewing Watchmen. Episode 2 of that will be up uh, probably about a day after this this goes up. So look for that then, episode 2. Uh, you can also look for uh, ongoing reviews of various Netflix shows. Some of them are audio only on the Netflix uh, audio feed, but a few of them are on YouTube as well. Uh, so check out some of that stuff and check out the other stuff we do as well. We've got movie podcasts and comic book podcasts and all that stuff. So go and have a, have a look-see. Uh, but that has been Mr. Robot episode 4 of season 4. Uh, so thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. And I never did this last week, but I'll bring it back, because why not? Goodbye, friend.